Hello, and welcome to the first episode of Capsule RX Podcast. Today, I'll be your host, Dr. Jovan Lazo, and we have an incredible guest here today that I'm excited to speak with. She's going to be kind of going over her career and also a little bit on disease states that I've always been passionate about and I've always wanted to learn more about, but unfortunately, through rotations and um, through my career, I haven't been able to experience that. So on today's episode, we have Dr. Julie Wen, who is a PGY2, the San Diego VA, um, doing a psychiatric pharmacy um, residency. So how are you today? I'm good. Um, thanks for having me here today. Yeah, of course. We're super excited to have you and glad that you're willing to be on. Um, do you mind kind of giving a brief introduction about yourself to our audience today? Sure. So my name is Julie Nguyen. I am one of the psychiatry pharmacy residents from BA San Diego. Um, I am originally from Los Angeles, California. I went to UCI for undergrad, then went to UCSF for pharmacy school. Then I completed my PGY1 residency at UC Irvine Health and then went on to um, San Diego for my PGY2 in psychiatry pharmacy for at VA San Diego. Okay. And then for your PGY1, was that just a general um, residency? Yeah, it was an acute, um, acute care residency, actually. Acute care. Okay. So now, yeah. now you got to, you got to break down how you made that switch to psychiatry for me. So um, I wanted to ensure that during my first year of residency, I wanted to have to learn a little bit of everything as much as I can. So that like when I eventually became a psychiatric pharmacist, I could say that I learned like ED, I learned ICU, I learned infectious disease just to um, be able to tackle like pretty much whatever it is or have that knowledge set at least um, in case I have patients in the future that may have other disease states that I might not be as familiar with otherwise. So at UCI, I was able to still take an acute psych, um, acute psych rotation. So um, and that acute care psych rotation was actually really, really good. Like it exposed me to like consult liaison, um, like a pediatric psych unit, as well as an adult psych unit, since it's an academic med center. So it had a little bit of everything. And through that, I knew that, okay, I know what acute care is, but I've come to realize that I actually might like ambulatory care. So because I really like direct patient care. Mm -hmm. So then um, I had some AM care rotations. I think I had like a total of one or two AM care rotations while I was at UCI. And I came to realize that I do really like direct patient care. Um, So when I was a second year or applying for my second year residency, I then decided, okay, I'm going to apply to primarily like, ambulatory care type of residency. So um, that's where I found myself at VA San Diego. Okay. And then it's interesting you said PEDS. I didn't even think about that. So what were you really doing with PEDS? Was it more like um, bipolar? Like what kind of disease states did you come across? So um, the pediatric unit had various ages, anyone under 18. And generally speaking, that's where you'll see like your depression. I, I don't think you'll see bipolar as often because generally that manifests like at age 20 um, and schizophrenia, the psychotic breaks usually happen around age 22, but I did see like some, like maybe one patient that potentially had schizophrenia, but more so it was like behavioral disorders, like conduct disorder and like depression. And then in the psych unit, um, in the adult side, that's when you were starting to see more of the um, schizophrenia, more of the bipolar and other diseases. Yeah. Okay. That is correct. Yeah. Right. And so you were torn on Amcare and Psych. 
mm-hmm. and that kind of pushed you to apply, I'm assuming to probably like a lot of VAs and a lot of different um, places that have mm-hmm. those opportunities, right? So why yeah. psychiatry? Why that? Because, you know, you're, it's still AMCARE related. There is that component, mm-hmm. but it's centralized. It's focused on that disease state. Mm-hmm. So I think most people who gravitate towards psych we all share something common as in like, there's just something about psych that's always interested us as a kid. So um, for me, like um, it wasn't until I guess college, like I knew I always was interested in human behavior. That's just something I've always been interested in. So that's why in college I um, had a minor in psych in psychology and social behavior. And I also happened to date someone that had a mental health disorder too. And that's kind of what truly got me really, really interested in mental health. It's because I started, I was dating someone that had a mental health disorder. And um, I was like, while dating him, I got to see what medications that he was taking. And um, it kind of always got me interested in like psychiatric medications overall. So that's kind of what sparked my interest. And then I went into UCSF. I helped create the UCSF CPNP student chapter. And that's where I gained like a lot of interest in psych in psychiatry because I networked with a lot of psychiatric pharmacists. I also ensured that a lot of my rotations had psych um, in them. And I was just involved with a lot of psych related like opportunities as well. And it's interesting you mentioned that because um, one of my interests, I would say in psych also sparked from someone that I dated. And just mm-hmm. them going through the struggles that they went through to get their depression controlled and mm-hmm. the issues dealing with just typical, not, I don't want to say typical, but um, primary care providers that aren't specialists, having to deal with that, just mm-hmm. being thrown on different meds, trying different meds, nobody really counseling them or mm-hmm. her, I should say, on how long she should be trying these meds for the different side effects, not knowing if some of the side effects that she was experiencing was due to her just like naturally changing or due to medications. Mm -hmm. That kind of made me realize like, hey, this is something that is very beneficial to a patient population that wants and seeks help. And that's something that we Mm -hmm. could always make an impact in. And that kind of sparked my interest. Cards didn't fall (laughs) the way I wanted to. (laughs) But you know, um, if you want something, you have to keep pursuing and you can't give up. So um, I kind of relate with you on, on that sense. And I've always felt like mental health was always interesting to me. And, and I guess I'm kind of feeling you when you say that there's people who are interested in psych always have like something about psych, something about mental health always is on their mind and is always important to them and valuable to them. Mm-hmm. And then they might have that type of passionate or emotional tie to it with someone that they know, a family member, a friend, maybe someone they dated too. So um, exactly. I definitely, definitely hear you on that one. And then, so for my next question, I was kind of wondering, what is a day like at San Diego, at the San Diego VA as a psychiatric pharmacist? So um, it really depends on what like area they're working in. But if they're like an ambulatory care psych pharmacist, then they would be running their own clinic. So one thing that's really great about the VA is that um, all VA, like or most VA pharmacists that are... Um, what they call GS-13, they have a scope of practice, meaning that they're able to have prescriptive authority. So um, these are like your more advanced um, clinical pharmacists because they have that authority to like see their own patients on their own. Um, And then I guess the most uh, similar thing to this is at other hospitals that aren't a VA, it's under a collaborative practice agreement. So Mm -hmm. it's the VA's version of a collaborative practice agreement. It's the scope of practice. 
And um, under this ability, like the pharmacists can see patients, they can help prescribe medications, they can titrate, they can do a lot of things. And these are the, the pharmacist patients. And when they are prescribing meds, it's under their name, which may be a little bit different than um, other hospitals that are under a cloud practice agreement, where when they're prescribing things, it's still under the physician's name. Okay. And then... Mm-hmm. Um... I'm just going to introduce Alex right now. Alex's first time coming in. I guess he's going to co-host with me a little bit. Yes, hello. Um, first time on. I think we're going to make this the first episode of of the podcast of Capsule RX. That's what I was telling um, Julie before we started. So okay, that sounds good. I'm glad to be part of that first episode. Um, <laughs> do apologize for coming in a little late. I just had some things to take care of, but um, he's a busy man. I am a busy man. We're all busy. So. We're all busy, but you're you're extremely busy. You're extremely busy, and we're happy to have you. Um, so we're kind of just gathering kind of what a day in the life is like for Julie at the San Diego VA, and she was kind of going over the collaborative practice agreement that they have um, that kind of different differs from what we probably have here at Celebration and also uh, most hospitals have. And so with that, I believe you said it was GS13 with that. What are the most common meds that you're probably changing or disease states that you're most commonly seeing um, in the psych units? So um, it's a little bit of everything. There is like depression, bipolar, substance use. Um, There's like schizophrenia. There's like PTSD. Um, It really depends because there's at VA San Diego, some of the clinics that we have that are pharmacists run um, and we have six um, pharmacist run clinics here via San Diego. Um, some clinics happen to see a certain type of um, psych disorder more so than others. So we have like one pharmacist that sees a lot of PTSD patients. We have another pharmacist that sees a little bit more substance use patients. And we have a couple other pharmacists that see more mood disorder. And then we have one that sees like clozapine and like the schizophrenia patients as well. So it really depends, but overall, like we see a little bit of everything. Okay. And are these patients mm-hmm. actually coming in or is it more like you get sent a consult and you're kind of just evaluating the paperwork that you have there to make the recommendations that you have? Oh, they're coming in. So at the VA, like there's a lot of autonomy and that's why a lot of people gravitate towards working at a VA because um, we see the patient, we schedule an appointment with them like in the next month or sometimes in the next two weeks. And we closely follow them up with them. We're, we're acting as if we're their provider. So it's a lot of like um, autonomy. Some of these pharmacists that I've worked with, they've worked with these patients for over 20 years and you really develop like a really strong relationship with these patients. Now, do you have a favorite clinic out of the six? I am a big fan of mood disorders. So Mm -hmm. that's why um, I personally love seeing anyone with depression, anyone with anxiety. I feel like I resonate really well with them. So um yeah, and that's actually why I'm very grateful. Like I, I, ha- I got a job recently and I'm going to be seeing primarily mood disorder patients in my future clinic. Oh, congratulations. Congrats. We need yeah. to get like an applause going in the soundboard in the background, <laughs> I guess. We'll, we'll do it manually right now. But congratulations. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. First episode. And we got a job. Beautiful. <laughs> so that's awesome. Um, I was not expecting that. So I'm kind of I'm kind of blown away. I'm going to let Alex ask the next question here. Ooh, okay. All right. <laughs> Throw you out of spot. I'm missing Oh with you. man, I'm I'm a hosting train. I, I'm I'm learning. So, <laughs> um, so Paul, I've been following your career since you basically started. So, um, I've noticed that um, kind of part of your 
as part of your research, um, well, we actually did a research article um, or did a research that was actually published with the uh, Mental Health Clinician Journal titled Evaluating the Impacts of an Emergency Department Protocol that Guides Management of Methamphetamine-Induced Agitation and Psychosis. Well, that was a long title. Um, can, you, can, can you tell us a little bit about that, um, that research and how, how did you come about, um, about that research? What, 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 what uh, triggered that idea to start it? Yeah, um, so at UCI, we were given an option of, of whether like creating your own research idea versus like picking one from the list. And since at the time, like I knew I really wanted to do a PGY2 in psych, I wanted my research project to be a psych related research project. And the ones that were on the list weren't psych related. So um, I thankfully had my psych rotation first. And I asked the psych pharmacist at UCI, like, what are some things I can do to get a psych research project? And she suggested reaching out to the psychiatrist for research ideas. And um, when I was on the consult liaison rotation, which uh, is part of my psych rotation, which is basically when you get consulted about like a psych patient, um, I noticed that there was oftentimes a lot of patients that were overly sedated by the time our consult team met the patient because. Um, these patients were receiving like a lot of either antipsychotics, like IM or intramuscular antipsychotics, because these patients came into the ER agitated. So what, by the time that we saw them, they were already sedated. We couldn't even interview them because our consult service only works from like eight to five. So um, that, that was kind of difficult for us. And because of that, um, that came about like a possible, possible research idea, which was to create a protocol um, that would create like a stepwise approach of how to manage acute agitation, um, specifically in meth use, because um, a lot of the patients that we were getting at UCI would um, become either agitated or psychotic from their methamphetamine use. And the use of methamphetamine has been rising too. So we figured this would be a really cool research idea to create a protocol just to manage meth-induced agitation and psychosis. Um, because yeah, prior to this protocol, patients were either receiving like an abundance of meds and it was random for every single patient, depending on provider preference. Like some providers preferred like our Benadryl, Haloperidol and, um, and the lorazepam combination, or they would prefer like Olanzapine and other people would prefer like Thorazine. So, or ketamine too. So it was like really, really random. And because there was no protocol, these patients, some of the providers would sometimes give like the medications in a short amount of time, which would lead to ex excess like sedation. Yeah, and, and that makes sense. And it's just speaking from like personal experience working here, whenever there's not a protocol in place, anybody's gonna, any physician's gonna go with their preference, like what they feel the most comfortable doing. And sometimes it's mm -hmm. better to have someone kind of step in and do some type of maybe medication use evaluation or what you did kind of do some research and dig into figure out what would be the best protocol for this institution and be the safest option for patients, which makes a mm -hmm. lot of sense. And, mm -hmm. you know, kind of finding that need, I think that's something that was pretty cool that you did at, um, that you did just because of the fact that that's not something that a lot of us think about. Usually we have like the projects given to us, but you kind of seeking an opportunity to make a difference um, at, at the hospitals. I think that's pretty cool and shows really your interest in psych and how 
much you care about your patients and individuals because that's something that could be beneficial for patients long term and you won't even see the impact because you're not there anymore but that's something that's cool that you kind of left a legacy there so big props to you for doing that yeah thank you thank you yeah you're welcome um and then I had a question but then I forgot it so give me a second and (laughs) we'll remember it um oh yes so for those of you this is a personal question so For people who are interested in psych, but they're unsure if that's the career for them, would you recommend that they still apply for a PGY2 in psychiatry and kind of do it for a year? Or would you recommend maybe a different alternative, maybe trying to shadow, maybe get some opportunities in a nonprofit help out first before kind of diving in? Or do you feel like if you have an interest in it, even if it's not for you, this year would still be worth it. It'll still be beneficial in your career is basically what I'm asking. So that's a great question. And I think this is a great general question for anyone pursuing the PGY2 because the PGY2 is essentially going to be like another year of like low pay. And um, for you to sacrifice like receiving only like a quarter or like half of what you could potentially be receiving um, if you're a working pharmacist, you're essentially paying for your education this year. So for me, like, or my advice to anyone is that if you're not really sure, um, I think it would be very, very beneficial to shadow or to ask other people or like ask a friend of a friend, like, what does a typical day-to-day look like for that specialty? Because otherwise, like, what if you end up not liking that specialty and you're devoting an entire year to it with experiences that may or may not be beneficial to the next career that you're going to go to? Um, I mean, I'm obviously biased. I love psych and I think psych is going to be relevant in every single type of like profession that you go to because mental health is very, very relevant. But um, I will also say that I don't think psych is for everybody. Um, Some people like, for example, like, when you do ambulatory care psych, you're asking the person about their struggles, their day to day struggles, and everything like that. And some people that may not be able to separate that, um, it could really, I think, affect or like, um, burn out some other people. So I would say it's very helpful to shadow just so you really, really know what you're getting yourself into. And sometimes it's helpful to ask like residents at the potential place you're applying to residency for their day-to-day experiences, then ask yourself, is that something you want to invest in because you're paying for this year? You can Mm -hmm. be making a full pharmacist salary otherwise. And um, yeah, residency pay is not the highest. So (laughs) yeah, (laughs) you got to make sure that it's worth, your your time and a year is a long time so and you brought up a great point um something that i'm glad you mentioned because i think it's important to ask because i'm sure a lot of people are thinking this how have you or how have other pharmacists or individuals who work in psychiatry been able to compartmentalize the struggles from the patient from themselves to not impact their, their life at home, their life with their family and whatnot. You know, I'm I'm sure that's a challenging thing to do because a lot of us, especially in pharmacy Mm -hmm. are very empathetic and are very passionate about the work that we do. So how are you able to kind of compartmentalize the two? um, So that way it doesn't affect your life at home. Um, And this is like a question that 
we usually get in our psych residency programs because everyone in psych knows that like the type of work that we do is um, could be really like it could really burn you out. And that's why one of the questions that are usually asked is like, how do you have like, how, what is your work-life balance? Like, what do you do to de-stress? How do you like um, make time for yourself? And it's, I think to be, to work in psych, you have to be able to do that. You have to like either know to engage in your hobbies or you have to know like how to detach a little bit. Um, Because sometimes I find myself almost doing psych all the time. Like, when you have friends, you have your own friends maybe yeah. go to you to like rant about things. And for some people like who may be already drained like eight hours a day from like your mood disorder patients and then you go home and your friends are then ranting to you. Yep. Some people might, might think that that's a little bit too much. But um, for me, like since I really love psych, like I don't find the work like tolling or taxing at all. Like I enjoy doing what I do. And that's why um i think i i personally gravitate towards this like people usually say it takes a special person to be this certain specialty like ed is one thing like it's one (laughs) thing id like we all have different personalities so for all other people i think it's important to identify like what is your personality what what can you handle and like what is your work-life balance because those are all like crucial do you have any recommendations possibly for individuals who are kind of burnt out um, working either maybe like as a resident or in psychiatry uh, to help them kind of get through that process? Um, I think the first thing is always remember to prioritize yourself, like um, do your me time, whether it's like you enjoy playing games or you enjoy like, I don't know, getting your hair done or you enjoy like mm-hmm. hanging out with friends or getting like like a beer or something with someone just figure out what it is that makes you happy, like, and make sure that you put time in your day to do that. Like, for me, I really enjoy going to the beach a lot now that I'm in San Diego. So that is the thing that I do for myself as my me time, like just driving to the beach, and then like hanging out with some friends. Um, I make sure to put that at least in my schedule once a week. So that way, like I could really have my work life balance. And I think it's important, like, for other people, like, um, you're always studying, or you're always doing work, and you make time for that. So it's just as important to make sure you feed yourself and also like, relax a bit and put that somewhere in your schedule, at least like once a week. Thank you for that. And then another question that just came to my mind was, is there a lot of pharmacogenomics used at the San Diego VA? When it comes to treating? Um, As in like looking at the SIP enzymes and stuff? Yeah. Is there a lot of like SIP testing or, or whatnot? Just because I know it's more prevalent usually with psych meds or maybe with clopidogrel when it comes to antiplatelet mm-hmm. therapy, but um, you usually hear it mostly with psych meds. Yeah, sometimes we look at like, you know, certain SIP enzymes like CYP1A2 or like um, CYP3A4, like et cetera, just to see if they're extensive metabolizers or not. Sometimes we do HLA testing because some meds like lamotrigine, for example, um, if someone has that HLA positive um, for 1502, if I'm getting the number correctly, um, that could predispose you to having the Steven Johnson syndrome. So that's why like certain genetic tests are important to, to know. And there's just like so much of it. Um, but we do get this testing sometimes to see if someone's like an extensive metabolizer or like not or et cetera. Okay. Thank you so much for that. And you know, pharmacogenomics, anybody that knows me knows I'm really interested in that. So I'm glad to know that you guys are using it. Um, I hope more institutions 
definitely kind of incorporate that with their point of care. Um, as a point of care testing, I noticed that some hospitals are doing that when it comes to clopidogrel. And I think possibly maybe in the future, you might see that kind of given for antidepressants too, uh, just in case that there's any issues, especially if they come maybe to the ED and they just started antidepressant. It seems like they could be overdosing on it um, just in case they're a poor metabolizer of it. So that's something that I think is really cool that you guys are kind of utilizing there at the San Diego VA and hopefully future places will, will do it as well.